0: Chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 14 and read to 21. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Much of Christmas time is about clothes. We wear ugly Christmas sweaters to work parties maybe we coordinate outfits for pictures, for Christmas cards. In our house, we have um, Christmas pajamas that everyone gets on Christmas Eve. Uh, we often think about what we'll wear for things like Christmas or at Christmas plays and that sort of thing all through the year, right? And for good reason. Christmas clothes tell stories, don't they? Or they can, at least. Maybe they're intended to. It tells the world how excited we are to celebrate the season, the meaning we want it to have, the memories we want to make. We could say the same thing about clothes in the Scriptures. The clothes tell stories. It's, it's easy to overlook, right? You don't really think about it, when or maybe you don't when you're reading through it. It's easy to overlook, as with so many of the pieces of God's Word, though, these are pieces that are not accidental. Sometimes they are. Sometimes it doesn't mean anything. But other times, when we see it in light of Jesus, there's more there. All the mentions of clothing and coverings and robes and coats, they're all filled with meaning. During this Advent season, we'll see how these clothes point us forward to the King Himself, Jesus Christ. It starts very early here with clothes in Scripture. In Genesis chapter 3, we find Adam and Eve, the first human beings that ever existed, ever created, naked and afraid. We're barely two chapters into life in the Garden of Eden, and they've thrown it all away. As just the first of literally billions who will buy Satan's tired lie that we're better off out from under God's love and leadership. They're being read the riot act here by God. Their sin is going to unleash a tidal wave of God's judgment on humanity. We're cursed here. The worst of which will be the expulsion of Adam and Eve for their sakes, for speaking of them from the Garden of Eden. Not only will humankind now be forever frustrated, filled with death, we will no longer enjoy the personal presence of God. They and we We'll be left alone with our sin, made to reel from its effects apart from God and feel farther and farther away from the one whose love and care we need the most. It may be that as we enter another Christmas season this year, you are feeling the effects of Adam and Eve's fall from grace in powerful ways. It may be that as we, uh, despite the fact, by the way, and if, if that's how you feel as you enter this Christmas season, you're not alone. Despite the fact that joyous, happy Christmas music has been playing since before Thanksgiving, and maybe you're, you know, depending on where you work, you get invites to Christmas parties and things like that. The main thing most people feel around Christmas time is grief. It's the hardest time of the year. You probably have heard how suicide numbers increase during the Christmas season. It's an extremely difficult time of year for most people. Maybe you're grieving the absence of a loved one. This is the first Christmas you'll celebrate that they've been gone, that they aren't there. Maybe you're grieving because of the financial pressures we feel as we head into what's for many the most expensive time of the year. right? You wish you had the means to do more this year, but for whatever reason, you can't. Debt, you know, a few bad decisions... A low paying job, you just can't do as much as you want to do for others and you feel it. You feel the hurt and the trouble of that. For others, this season brings on all kinds of relational strain. Right? There's the sibling you don't speak to. There's the child who's disappointed you or who's disappointed in you. The in-law you hurt that you definitely won't be getting a Christmas card from this year. Or maybe this year reminds you of ongoing regrets that you carry. Things left undone. Or maybe things that you have done that you wish you could undo. As we enter Advent, where and how are you feeling the effects of Genesis 3 in your life and this curse? Are you hopeless? Well, there stands Adam and Eve naked and drowning in shame. Before they had this, before they had any shame, their nakedness wasn't a big deal at all. In fact, their nakedness was really a symbol of their purity and their safety around each other. In God's care, but now corrupted by sin, sent out on their own, vulnerable to all the evils of a now cursed world, as well as their own newly dysfunctional hearts, their nakedness is now a liability, isn't it? Not to mention, it's now a source of shame that serves to remind them of their fall from grace. So, what does God do? Does He send them off out of the garden, east of Eden, into the wilderness that they have no idea what it's like Cold and exposed and naked and afraid and covered in just guilt. No. No. Genesis answers plainly what God does in verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Now let that sink in for a minute. They were, for a minute, they were supposed to die if they broke this law, the one rule God had. And yet there's this stay of execution. And God made clothes. God Himself with His very own hands fashioned a covering for Adam and Eve. He was the first designer. But He didn't use fig leaves like they had tried to cover themselves with. They tried to make clothes. They tried fig leaves. And God didn't create fabrics from cotton plants that were somewhere in the garden or somewhere close to it. That's not what He did either. God was a tanner. God worked in leather. He used skin. Though Adam and Eve and all humanity had been sentenced to death, the very first to die because of sin was not Adam and Eve. It was another. And it would be the first time that blood would be spilled in God's good world. The first time that a final breath would be taken. The first time a once warm and vibrant body would grow cold and die. And it would all be done in service of humankind's sin and shame by God. A third party, some truly innocent being, we don't know what kind of animal or animals it was that God used. Only what that animal or those animals gave would lose their lives so that guilty Adam and Eve could be sent out into the unknown completely covered. Even in the curse, there was mercy. God didn't give up on them. He didn't cast them aside. What kind of God would cover up the sin and shame of a people who have rejected Him? And what kind of God would not only cover their shame, but do so at such an awful cost and with His own two hands? So, you're probably starting to see it if you haven't seen it already. It's coming into focus for us. How this moment, all the way back in Genesis 3, really does point to Jesus. Fancy... Theologians call this the proto the first glimpses of the good news here in Genesis 3, that God was going to do something unilaterally to address mankind's sin and the curse. Once Adam and Eve went on their way, their nakedness covered in new leather skins, God didn't give up on the business of making clothes and covering shame. This wasn't just a one-off. You're seeing in Genesis 3 who this all-powerful Creator is in His heart. This was only the beginning. This was just a glimpse. In the very beginning, God had in mind your sin and your shame. My sin and my shame. From the very beginning. He had in mind the the vulnerability we all feel oftentimes in this world. And He doesn't leave us to it. He had in mind all the problems associated with this life in a sin-sick world that we're all feeling, we're all fighting in some way, in some measure, every single day. Even just by going to work. Work was not a bad thing, but being able to survive only by your work, that's part of the curse. And God would not be satisfied until we were all covered so God sent His Son into the world. The One whose birth we eagerly await on this first week of Advent to be our covering. And the clothing God the Father makes for all mankind in Christ is cut from the same bolt as these original garments were. God again works in flesh and blood through the most innocent life through the shedding of blood, through the letting out of a last breath, and through the extinguishing of a perfect life, forgiveness was fashioned by the hand of God for you to wear. In fact, there's enough for the whole world to wear. In the life and death of Jesus Christ, there is now an outfit custom made and crafted by God for you. For you. And though we wander in a dark and difficult world in Christ, we are wrapped in the mercy of God the whole time, protected from the harshest elements, namely the ultimate effects of our own sin. Matt Popovich says, we are covered and we will survive. I don't know exactly how you're feeling the vulnerability, the difficulty of this broken world, this particular Advent season. and. 2023, but I do know whatever it is, it's covered by Jesus Christ. It's covered over by Jesus Christ. You might think it's too big, it's too awful, it's too evil, but it's not. It's not. When God makes a covering, He covers completely. For all who receive Christ, God has clothed you personally in Jesus' shame covering Sin-destroying garments of grace. We're not only given a new name, right? Child of God. And a name we don't even know yet. We're given a new life. Eternal life. We're also given a new outfit. We're covered in grace and mercy. One for us in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This season, Jesus is clothing you, believer, with perfect righteousness. Righteousness. fits really easily underneath a big old ugly Christmas sweater, actually. The mercy and righteousness of Jesus. It goes great with new flannel pajamas. It even adds a little something extra to your family pictures. The mercy of God. You're covered in it. Covered in it. And there is no reason for you who do not believe to stay outside of it and continue to wander naked and vulnerable to this world with no protection for the curse of sin and death. God will clothe you with the forgiveness and righteousness His Son died to give to you if you will receive Him. You are arrayed in something, believer, made just for you. Just for you. Something that has come at great cost, that has been in the works, since the very beginning. And it will fill your journey toward Christmas this year with hope. So rejoice. Rejoice for that as we head into this season. It's not that rejoicing in Christ makes all the bad, difficult things go away. You and I know that's not how it works. And we are still in so many ways, whether it's through sickness or death, or through suffering of financial reasons and stability and all these things, We still suffer these things. We still go through these things. And when we're tempted to ask, where is God? We have to remember that God has addressed the one thing that actually kills us and destroys us. God has addressed our sin and death. We are covered. You can't see it, but it's true. You can't feel it often, but it's true. You remember that. I've told you this before. God never promised you and I that we would feel forgiven. That we would feel as righteous as He's made us. That we would feel accepted by Him and declared righteous and justified. We're never promised that we would feel these things. We are, however, promised that they are true for us in Christ. It is faith and faith alone that takes hold of all that God has given You are wrapped in the oldest and most fabulous fashion. There is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Amen.